Hello, I'm R.A. Spratt. I write and perform this podcast. If you'd like to support the show, I'm a children's author, so you can buy a book by me, or you can buy me a coffee by going to buymeacoffee.com slash stories R.A. Spratt. It's an easy way to make a small thank you gift to the show so I can keep kicking this can down the road. The podcast directory you're using right now should have a link to my Buy Me A Coffee page in the show notes, or you can type it into your browser. That's buymeacoffee.com slash stories R.A. Spratt. All contributions are gratefully appreciated. Hello and welcome to Bedtime Stories with me, R.A. Spratt. Well, today I'm going to be reading to you Chapter 4 from The Pesky Kids, The Mystery of the Squashed Cockroach. But before we get into it, just a reminder that this week Penguin released the audiobook of Nanny Piggins and the Wicked Plan, which is the second book in the Nanny Piggins series. So please do check it out if you haven't already. You can get it from anywhere where you download audiobooks. I use Audible, but there are plenty of online shops and audiobook services where you can download that. Okay, now let's get into today's story. So as I said, it's chapter four, school uniform. I'll put a stop to it, said April menacingly as she glared at Loretta through the window. No, 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 said Dad. I don't want a confrontation. He almost looked teary at the thought of it. It's not a big deal, said Finn. We'll just go over and ask her to stop. But her parents might get upset, said Dad. They're surgeons. Who knows how they might react? What's the worst case scenario? asked Finn. They take your appendix out. Do you think they would? asked Dad, genuinely concerned. He started shaking again. We can go over and talk to her later, said Joe reassuringly. Here, eat your high fibre breakfast cereal and I'll make you another cup of tea. But there's no time, said Dad. You've got to get ready for school. School! exclaimed April. Given that their mother was being held in a secret collective prison, she had assumed they'd get at least one day off school, possibly a month, while they're given lots and lots of trauma counselling. Professor Maynard said it's very important that you fit into the community right away, said Dad, to avoid suspicion and questions being asked. She's left school uniforms for you in the living room. You're all enrolled. You start at 9am. Joe looked at his watch. That's in 15 minutes. How far is the school? A kilometre or two, said Dad. Well, that's only a couple of minutes in the car, said Finn. We'll make it easily. Oh, I don't have a car, said Dad. What? yelled April. Her father was becoming more and more deeply unimpressive in her eyes. What was the point of having a grown-up looking after them if their grown-up didn't have a car to drive them places? And we don't have bicycles, said Joe. We did have bicycles, said Finn, until they were blown up with the rest of our house. Okay, said Joe, don't panic. We can make it. He checked his watch again. If we rush. The pesky kids ran to the living room and hurried to get dressed. But they were not used to uniforms. Their old school's philosophy had been to never stifle a child's self-expression, so students could wear whatever they liked. We have to wear ties, exclaimed Finn, finding a blue tie with gold stripes laid on top of a white shirt. Is it even safe to wear something tightly knotted around your neck? I'm amazed ties haven't been outlawed by occupational health and safety experts long ago. Just put it on, said Joe. you got to fit in, remember? <laughs> said Finn. I suppose I'll fit in perfectly when it gets caught in a piece of machinery and my head gets ripped off. We're going to school, said April, not a Victorian wool mill. But then she was consumed by her own horror. Christ, what on earth is that? April held up the offensive item of clothing. The material was a navy blue and white tartan. 
Joe just laughed. Finn was puzzled. What is it? Joe sniggered before answering. That's a skirt. No! cried April. No, 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 no! I am not wearing a skirt! The suffragettes did not die and endure torture in the fight for women's liberation just so in this day and age I would be forced to wear a skirt! Pumpkin started barking and bouncing about excitedly, ready to defend his mistress. You've got to fit in, said Joe. And please don't rant about feminism on your first day, pleaded Finn. This is a country town. They don't want to hear a 12-year-old city kid yelling at them about social issues. I won't do it, said April, dropping the skirt to the floor and plopping down on the couch with her arms folded. April, you can't throw a tantrum now, pleaded Joe. I will not allow myself to be degraded, said April, turning her head and defiantly staring at the wall. Well, the overflowing bookcase in front of the wall, it didn't really matter as long as she didn't make eye contact with Joe. Our mother is a political prisoner on the far side of the world, said Finn. We're in hiding from counter-spies. Our house has been destroyed and we've been driven through the night to get here and ensure our safety. We can't compromise all that. The least you can do is put on a skirt. April shook her head. Tears were beginning to well. April rarely cried, unless they were tears of rage. She did that all the time. Some sacrifices are too great, she sniffed. Oh no, said Finn. He'd stopped paying attention to April. He was almost fully dressed, but he was standing still, staring at the last item of clothing. What now? asked Joe. Have you seen the hat? asked Finn. He picked up the strange article. It was blue and grey tweed. It looked a bit like a flat cap, except baggier. No way, said Joe. Is this some sort of prank? asked Finn. Do we really have to wear one? Dad had wandered in through the doorway. He was holding their lunches in three brown paper bags. Oh, yes, said Dad. Currawong High School students all have to wear the famous baggy blue. Huh? said Finn, so shocked he was reduced to inarticulate grunting. Currawong High is famous for being where Roland Guthrie went to school, said Dad. The kids just stared at him. This name meant nothing to them. Roland Guthrie, the world's greatest lawn bowls player of all time, explained Dad. He wore that distinctive baggy blue cap when he won gold at the lawn bowls world championships seven years in a row. And so now all the school kids have to wear them, asked Joe. That's right, said Dad. Everyone in Currawong is very proud of the town's lawn bowls history, except for the people who hate lawn bowls, which is actually most people. But the kids still have to wear the cap either way. I'm glad I've changed my name and moved miles away, said Finn, looking at the cap in his hands. At least none of my friends can see me now. April scoffed. Ha! What friends? You never had any friends. Finn glowered at April and defiantly jammed the cap on his head. It did not have the effect he hoped for. Joe and April burst out laughing. Even Dad smiled weakly. Finn had an unusual shaped head. It was almost pointy, so the cap fell right down to his ears, with the brim covering his eyebrows. Given that Finn's ears stuck out and his eyes were beady, altogether this created a rather comic look. What? What is it? demanded Finn. He almost looked bald because the hat completely covered his short hair. (laughs) Nothing, said Joe. Nothing at all. He put his own hat on and immediately looked like a model for a hat catalogue. April put hers on backwards and at an angle, making it look both stylish and rebellious. She even put on the skirt. She was still chuckling every time she looked at Finn. It totally made her forget her feminist principles. 
Come on, said Joe, grabbing their lunches from Dad. We'd better run. Wait, said Dad, as April wrenched open the front door. Just remember, collective spies want to kidnap us. We've got it, interrupted Finn. No, I was going to say, Dad was trembling nervously as he fought to find the right words, that these people in town, they're very, he twitched some more, very odd, but they don't realise they're odd. You have to act like they're the normal ones. Okay, said Joe, patting Dad on the arm. He didn't think his dad was qualified to accuse anyone else of oddness. April and Finn had never really had any trouble fitting in at their old school, and Joe liked to be left alone, so not fitting in was fine with him. We'll be okay, Dad, don't worry. They took off jogging down the driveway. Pumpkin thought it was excellent that all three of his humans were taking him for a run. The only thing that could top it off would be there was a nice old lady waiting at the end for him to bite. They hadn't gone far when suddenly there was a loud honk behind them. The three kids lurched out of the way. It was a large red car. How did we not hear that coming, asked Joe. It's an electric car, said Finn. Their engines are practically silent. They're super swish. I didn't expect to see one of those all the way out here. The car had tinted windows so they couldn't see the occupants inside. It didn't speed past as they'd expected. It pulled up alongside them and the rear passenger window began to buzz down. Sitting inside was the girl they'd already seen that morning, Loretta, their new next-door neighbour. "'Good morning,' Loretta said politely. Up close, they could see she was about their age, 14 or maybe 15. Her voice was soft and gentle, with a lovely English accent. "'May I offer you a lift? I'm on the way to school myself.' Loretta was wearing a uniform too, but hers was a different colour and more stylish. She clearly went to a much fancier school.' Finn was again stunned by her beauty. He was just starting to say yeah when he was elbowed out of the way and interrupted. No, thank you, said April. We're not allowed to get into cars with strangers. Wait, said Joe. She's not a stranger. We know this is Loretta. Dad told us who she is. We also witnessed her vandalising our father's flowerbed, said April. Loretta chuckled. Mr. Pesky is your father? I didn't realise. Then you must get in. Mr. Pesky and I are dear friends. He said he's asked you repeatedly not to ride in his garden, but you won't stop, said April. Oh, that's nothing, said Loretta, beaming happily. I know Mr. Pesky doesn't really mean it when he says such silly things. He loves Vladimir. Who's Vladimir? asked Finn jealously, assuming it was Loretta's boyfriend. My horse, said Loretta. Well, my jumping horse. Obviously I have different horses for polo and hack riding. Obviously, said April sarcastically. We'd be very grateful for a lift, thank you, said Joe, hastily getting in the front passenger seat before April could create a scene and offend Loretta. Loretta slid across the back seat to make room, and Finn jumped straight in. April stood and glowered. She would much rather have been late for school than be polite to this unnaturally good-looking girl. But Pumpkin betrayed her by leaping into the back seat and licking Loretta's face. "'What a sweet puppy!' exclaimed Loretta. "'Be careful,' said Finn. "'He bites.' "'Till then, often liga school and talk Ingrid,' Loretta called to her driver, an extremely tall, well-muscled blonde woman. "'Huh?' said Joe. "'Don't mind, Ingrid,' said Loretta. "'She only speaks Swedish.' "'Your mum only speaks Swedish?' asked Finn. Loretta laughed. "'No, silly. Ingrid isn't my mother. She's our au pair.' Loretta leaned forward and tapped Ingrid on the arm before gabbling in Swedish. "'Barnentruden at du varmen mamma.' Ingrid burst out laughing. "'Duma, duma, barn. 
What's she saying? asked April. I told her you thought she was my mother, said Loretta, and she said you are stupid, stupid children. What? said April, her blood beginning to boil. So you're English, asked Joe, trying to change the subject before April could physically attack Loretta. No, exclaimed Loretta. Why on earth would you think that? You have an English accent, Finn pointed out. Do I? said Loretta. Yeah, you totally do, said Joe. No, I was born here, said Loretta. Mummy and Daddy just like me to speak nicely. But where are you from? asked April. Here, repeated Loretta. But, began April, she looked at Loretta's dark skin and long black hair, struggling to word her next question without sounding racist. Ah, this one, Arthur, is an unusual name, said Joe, helping his sister out. No, it's not, said Loretta. In India, it's very common. Your family's from India, asked Finn. No, we're from Sri Lanka, said Loretta. But Mummy and Daddy emigrated. They heard you had a shortage of competent surgeons in this country, so they thought they could make a lot of money by coming here. It turns out they were entirely right. So many people need to be cut open and fiddled with these days. Which is why Mummy and Daddy had to hire Ingrid. They get absolutely no rest at all. They're elbow deep in people's guts all day long. She leaned forward and spoke to Ingrid. Mama och papa, yoba förhört, eller hur Ingrid? Ingrid just snorted. What was that? asked Finn. Ingrid was agreeing with me that Mummy and Daddy work much too hard, explained Loretta. April scowled. She didn't see how derisive snorting could be taken as agreement. What's that? asked Finn. They were reaching the centre of town and had just spotted a monstrosity out the window. It was big, brown and lump-shaped. It looks like a giant. He couldn't bring himself to say the actual word. Poo, said Loretta helpfully. Yes, you're not the first one to notice. It's supposed to be a giant potato. It was built by an eccentric and misguided local farmer who thought a giant potato would make a great tourist attraction. But it's just a huge brown lump, said April. Yes, agreed Loretta, but it is a tourist attraction. We get three or four tourists a month who stop to have their photo taken with a giant poo. That's disgusting, said Finn. Why hasn't it been taken down? People enjoy the irony, said Loretta. Here we are. The car turned into the main street of town. So this is Karawong, said Joe. There was a bright and cheerful strip of shops. It looked like a tableau from a postcard, with the bright blue sky, the rolling hills surrounding the town, and the unusual abundance of flower planters overflowing with beautiful blooms. Even the cows in the distant fields looked like they'd been placed there by an artistic director to maximise the beauty of the scene. It's so... Pretty, said April, as though pretty was a swear word. Oh yes, Karawang prides itself on its prettiness, agreed Loretta. We won seventh prettiest town with a population under 10,000, but above 5,000 last year in the Eastern Division. I spotted some graffiti, cried April, happily pointing out the window. Where? asked Loretta. On that fire hydrant, said April. It says, she strained to read the rude words, but was sorely disappointed. Have a nice day. Who spray paints nice graffiti? A Karawongian, said Loretta. This town prides itself on niceness too. I think I'm going to be sick, said April. It's just culture shock, said Finn. I'm sure we'll get used to it. Haven't you ever visited your dad before, asked Loretta. Um, no, said Joe cautiously. He hadn't considered how much they should tell anyone about their past. They probably should have come up with a cover story before they left for school. That's odd, said Loretta, eyeing them shrewdly. It never occurred to me that Mr. Pesky would have children. He's so nervous. I can't imagine him being married. Yeah, well, he he was, said Joe. Has your mother come to stay as well, asked Loretta. No, mum's been detained by uh, 
Joe trailed off, not wanting to lie, but not wanting to reveal too much either. Work commitment, said Finn, finishing his brother's sentence. Loretta looked Finn in the eye. He blushed. I see, she said. It sounds like a mystery, and I do love mysteries. No, it's nothing like that, Joe began to protest, but Loretta held up her hand to silence him. No, please, don't explain. Reality is so dull, she said. I'd much rather think up an explanation for myself. I have a very sordid imagination. I'll think up something much better. I bet you don't, April muttered under her breath. The car drew to a halt. They were outside the school. This is it, Karawong Hai, said Loretta. Enjoy your first day. No one got out immediately. It looked like any other high school in a country town, an old Victorian brick building surrounded by ramshackle demountables that had been incrementally added every decade since. It looked so nice and ordinary that it was intimidating. The pesky children were not nice or ordinary. At best, they were eccentric. More realistically, they were probably weirdos. They had fit in in their inner-city high school, but here, surrounded by flowers and sunshine, they were not so confident they would blend in. Further do my burning oot? asked Ingrid, interrupting the silence. What did she say? asked April. Ingrid's just wondering if you're ever going to get out of the car, said Loretta, with a smile. They opened the doors and stepped out into the sunshine. Thank you for, for the ride, Joe said. My pleasure, said Loretta. I'm so pleased to have new children in the neighbourhood. I'm sure we'll get into lots of adventures together, or have lots of fights and feuds. Either way, it's going to be fun. Loretta shut her door, and the car whizzed away. Well, she's a weirdo, said April. You just don't like her because she's nice, said Finn. I don't trust her because she's nice, said April. She must have some angle. Hospitality, suggested Joe. <laughs> said April. She's probably just softening us up for some sort of elaborate initiation prank. The pesky kids turned to their new school. I suppose we have to go in, said Finn. Well, we'll get sunstroke if we keep standing here, said April, shoving Finn aside so she could enter the gate first. Joe and Finn followed in her wake. Well, that's the end of chapter four, so we'll leave it there for this week. Until next time, goodbye.